Uh, one of the, uh, the joys of ministering on a second Sunday is that you don't know how much time you're going to have. Uh, you may have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or two minutes. But since it's God's day, you uh, eat or you, you use what God has given you because it's his day and he must get glory and praise. So I'm going to uh, briefly uh, cover some of the stuff, but um, um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, because I was going to touch on um, people who are away. That is, uh, when you when you join an army, have you gone, this is called boot camp, of course. It is the the civilian that is being trained in order to become whatever regiment you are. If you're a paratrooper, they'll train you a particular way. If you are a uh, Royal Marine, they'll train you a particular way. If you are being, if you're a training for the SAS, they'll train you a particular way. But the whole point is that they are going to train you in a particular fashion to bring out their particular skill. And, but also, in all of them, they will also train you how to march as an army. You're, they train you as individuals, but they're training you how to operate as an army. So each person knows their role in the army. And uh, I'll just quickly deal with this. I wasn't going to do it that way, but uh, since it's come up that way, um, I'm going to use uh, Hariah the Hittite. And this is uh, one of David's uh, mighty men. And I think you'll find it, if, yeah, I think you'll find it in 2 Samuel verse 23 he is he was one of david's mighty men there were there were 30 uh special special soldiers you can almost say the elite squad they're david's equivalent of sas or or um delta force these were highly trained and he says they're out of uh at this stage uh, there might have been thousands, but there were these 30 mighty men. And um, Uriah the Hittite was one of them. And the reason I've touched on him is just to deal with this point, is that um, as skilled as he was, and, uh, and we all I'll briefly, I think we all know the story, uh, Uriah the Hittite was the husband of Bathsheba. And you know the story that uh, one day, whilst the men were at war, I uh, don't know what David was doing, but David was home relaxing, and he looked over and he saw Bathsheba. And to cut a long story short, the first question he asked was, who is this woman? And they told him, this is the wife of Uriah the Hittite. At that point, he's king, he could choose anything. At that point, he should have stopped looking, stopped being interested in her. So it's not uh, an accident. He wasn't sort of, uh, who is this woman? He was told, this is the wife of Uriah the Hittite. But instead of start looking, 
he then uh, uh, said, bring her. And to cut long story short, uh, she got pregnant. So he, now, the, his army, his forces are at, at war. So he, he thought he could try and cover up by bringing Hariah, the Hittite, back from the war, fronting, war front. And they sweetened him up and gave him drink and said, uh, go down, go down to your wife. But Hariah the Hittite was such a disciplined soldier that he refused. And, and the next day, he saw Hariah still in the camp, still, still in the, the palace. He said, why didn't you go down to your, to your wife? He said, how? How could I go down to my wife when my fellow soldiers are in the fields battling the ark uh, and, and the, my, my, com my commanding officer is in the field. How can I take time off and uh, have fun with my wife when my fellow commanders and soldiers are, are there? So he, this, then he thought, okay. Then he got, tried to get Hariah drunk, and he got drunk, and he still didn't visit his wife. So then David gave Hariah a letter. And in that, he said, give this to Joab, the, the, the commander. And in that letter was Hariah's death sentence. Because what it said was, put Hariah in the hottest part of the battle and then withdraw. Now, what all this is leading up to is this. It doesn't matter how skilled you are as a soldier, how experienced you are as a soldier, what kind of warrior you are. If you are involved in warfare and you do not know how to operate as an army, that is to say, if you're in trouble, there is a cultural thing that, thank God, it is dying in this church, but I heard it recently somewhere else, where when you are in trouble, you are supposed to be silent and silently die because that is your culture. I say, no, that's not how you operate. That is not how you operate, and that's how you see, you'll, you'll see in the Bible from the Old Testament to New Testament. As soon as they're trouble, they will seek their friends and come together as a prayer meeting. From Daniel right down to, to Acts 2, when they, they beat them and they came to their friends, the disciples I'm talking now. And that's in, in funny enough, in Acts 2, the, they were anointed, the Holy Spirit uh, overshadowed them by Acts 4, they're getting another dose. Now, what I'm saying is simply this. We need one another. No matter how skilled you are, we need one another. And even if you, even if you can't reveal hurts to, to, to everybody, there must be some that you can come alongside and say, look, brother, sister, I'm hurting. Pray with me. Pray for me. I gave a testimony of uh, my mother and my brother. Now, I could have said, ah, senior pastor, 
how can I, how can I be asking people to pray for me? I'm the senior pastor. No, that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I need help. I'm praying, but I need help. And because I have people in this church, which I call combat troops, when it comes to prayer, I say, look, I need help. They say, yes, sir. And I know they'll be, they'll be on their knees. They'll be waking up, etc. They will be praying. So because of that, I have confidence. And I brag. When I go to other places, you don't know. It says, that's the pneuma. When it comes to prayer, when it comes, it's not just about prayer. It's answered to prayer. I am interested in answers to prayer. But anyway, so that was, since I just started on that, I'm just encouraging that, please, if you are at home, there is a thing called a corporate anointing. That when you are at home, yes, it's wonderful. It is, it is good to be able to watch, etc. But there is a corporate anointing. There are answers that you need to be in the presence of God in order to get your answer. So I'm just leaving it as that to let you know that we need one another. We're an army. And God has, uh, Paul used army, but he also used a body. And every army, it doesn't matter how you're trained, every person has a particular gifting that you contribute. I got this from, I got this from Papa. And I'll leave this in a minute because we can't deal with this because I want to deal with something else. I knew that I knew that uh, uh, that in an army they have what's called a point where the person goes ahead, and they uh, always seem to be ahead. And I think, well, isn't that the most dangerous job? You're going ahead, and you know they're uh, looking out for traps and looking out for those things. And I, I used to think the person who they chose was the person they disliked the most because they're the ones who are at the, the for forefront. They could be snipered. They could. I used to think, he said, no, no, no. That person is the person that reads the map the best. Of the, of the team, he or she is the person that is able to read maps better than everyone else. So they go ahead. They know the terrain. And they, so I said, oh, so it isn't just, so no. Now, in every army, they, are, they all train the same, but everybody has a particular gift. Some are marksmen. Some are, uh, some are they, they, just, they just have a particular gift. And so when they go, they, each, each uh, commander knows in their group what their speciality is. And that's how they march. Same in the body of Christ. We're all, we're all children of the living God, but we all have different giftings. And those who have a particular gift, you don't stifle, you fan. You find out what their gift is and you fan it because that's how they excel. And when they excel, the whole body of Christ excel. I mean, I'm just picking out just out. There are people in here, you know them, they could take this room and after they've decorated, you don't even think it's the same, the same room because it's a gift. And, and when you see someone has a gift, you want to fan it. You want to encourage them. You want to say, yes, expand. There is, there is people who when they, when they have a dream, they say, Pastor, I had a dream. 
I'm writing it down. Chapter, verse, etc. when it is. Because I know that they're gifting. And, that, and when you have a body that operates, that everybody knows they're gifting and is, and is confident that they, they're going to be taken seriously, then the whole body of Christ. So when, for instance, I'm coming in here and I'm saying, God, how long? And as I've said already, I'm trying to encourage people with the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, that when they come up and uh, the spirit is flowing and they say something. Now, in the whole room, it may mean nothing to else except me, because that's exactly what I said that morning. And God is saying something that I said that morning and then giving me the answer. You don't have to say that God isn't hearing me. But that's the body, that's the body of Christ. Now, that body cannot operate if we're all at home. Okay? We, it's when we come together as a body, as an army, that becomes the most effective. And that's where God can flow. He can use this person's gift to minister to that person over there. That person's gift. I mean, that's how the body grows. But I'm just leaving that because I just want to touch on one thing and then I'm going to leave at this. Oh, I don't know why, but God must know why I've touched on that. Because I'm just going to touch on this. Now, we're still talking about the spiritual boot camp. Now, when you are learning the spiritual boot camp, sometimes you make mistakes. And... Don't let anybody condemn you for, for trying to do something and perhaps you didn't succeed. And I'm going to use an example of one person. I'm going to use the example of John Mark. Now, John Mark was the nephew of Barnabas. Is it Barnabas? Yes, Barnabas. It is Barnabas. So let's just, let's just look at um, a few scriptures and we're going to look at Acts 12, Acts 12, 25. And I'll just tell you uh, briefly because um, John Mark is the, is the uh, as I say, nephew of Barnabas. And uh, Paul, in Acts 12, I'll tell the story. There, uh, in Antioch, this is the first place where people call Christians. When Stephen got, uh, when Stephen died, there was a, uh, a persecution because of that, and people started to scatter. And there was a group of people, Jews, who scattered and all over the place, and but only preached to Jews. And then there was another group who were. Um, uh, Syrians, not Syrians, I uh, can't remember where they were now, S- from Cyprus, and all they also preached the gospel, but they preached the gospel to the Greeks as well. So in Antioch was uh, uh, a great revival to the point that the, the message got back to Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas there to, to sort of help them out. And when Barnabas got there, he saw how God was used, was, uh, was, was operating there. 
And then Barnabas went to get Paul. So Paul and Barnabas were like the main uh, uh, teachers there in Antioch. And the, and the church really grew. So um, after a while, the church is growing. Uh, there was then a, uh, a prophet, because prophets and uh, apostles were going there. And there was a prophet, Agabus, who said, there's going to be a great famine all over the world, all over the, that region. So the Christians in Antioch decided to actually uh, bring some um, preempt by bringing food to Jerusalem. So they sent Barnabas and um, Paul to deliver this food to Jerusalem. So they went to, they went to Jerusalem, and whilst there, they then um, decided to take Mark, uh, if you look at uh, Acts 12.25, it's the end of Acts 12. It says that, um, if I've got it right, I think it's, anyway, uh, Acts 12.25, there's no 25, yes there is. And it says, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled the ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So that's what it means by fulfilling what they meant to do. So in chapter 13, uh, verse 2, they return, uh, they return with Mark. And I'll read it. It just simply says, uh, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Verse 4. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to uh, Cilicia, Cilicia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, uh, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, etc. So, and, and it just simply says, and John as their assistant. So, cut a long story short, they carry on and... They get to a place in Acts 13 where we don't know why, but it says this. It says, verse 13, it says, Now, it says, now when Paul and his party set sail to Paphos, they came to Perga in uh, Pamphylia, and John departed from them and returned to Jerusalem. But when they, and then it goes on, but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Prasida and went to the synagogues. In, and anyway, so Paul and Barnabas carry on, but Mark returns. Now, we, we don't know, but clearly, whatever he thought was going to happen, or he didn't think it was going to be that hard, so he returned to Jerusalem. So by... Uh, Acts 15, they finally, that's Paul and Barnabas, returned to Jerusalem because this con controversy of saying that um, they had to be circumcised. So they returned to Jerusalem to sort this out. Now, in, sorry, it's a long, long pream preamble, but uh, then Paul says, let's go back and sort of... Uh, 
uh, encourage those that we've left behind. So in Acts 15, 36, it says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit the brethren in every city where we have preached the word. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John Mark. And let's just read on. Now, two things I want you to uh, uh, appreciate here. It is the Holy Spirit that chose them, right? So if you look at the, um, the church of um, Antioch, they had great men of, men of God, prophets, etc. But the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas. Now, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, but they argued, they argued, um, where are you? They argued to the point, sorry, I couldn't, no, I couldn't find it, it's in a way. Yes, it, it, uh, uh, yes, let me just, I think I um, couldn't find it, but let me just find it. Have you got it there for me? Okay. I thank you. Sometimes uh, I need help here. But Paul did not think appropriate to take along this, this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the... I can't see that, but there was, a, uh, there was such a sharp disagreement that they parted company and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. Then Paul chose Silas and departed, and being commended, uh, commended, I can't see that other word, uh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the brother. Basically, he chose. Now, we don't know what was said, but can you imagine the argument? <laughs> yes, Holy Spirit filled men of God. The argument was so sharp. I, can, I mean, I'm just speculating. Barnabas is saying, look, okay, he, he deserted us, but give him a chance. Paul is saying, no, we can't have this type of person in our ministry because the first time of trouble, we, what's going to, uh, what, how do we know he's not going to do it again? Barnabas, who is the encourager, look, I'll look after him. He, he's, I, I can see there's potential in him. Paul, no chance. Look, look, we've given him a chance. He has failed. I don't want him coming on this, uh, this trip. Barnabas, look, give, look, give him a chance. He's a young man. You know, I look after him. I, 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 I know I can actually help him, develop him. Paul, look, we've had this discussion. I am not discussing anymore. Uh, John Mark is not coming on this trip. So you can imagine, imagine, and they, they say, look, that's it. Holy Ghost chosen men of God have come to the point where they can't even be in the same, they say, oh, that's it. Paul, I've had enough. You look, you go with your John Mark. I'll find somebody else. So that's what happens. Now, I want you to look at two things here. Imagine how John Mark felt. 
He was at Antioch when the Holy Spirit chose Paul and Barnabas. And he knows the reason why they've split is over him. Imagine how he felt. Imagine how he felt, thinking, oh my gosh, that great men of God have split over me. Paul has gone with Silas. But even the great Paul had to go through training. Because he took Silas and they went to Lystra and Dibera and they met up with Timothy. Now, if Paul thought John Mark was soft, when God gave him Timothy, Paul was in training. Because Timothy was timid. He was a weak, uh, uh, weak uh, constitution. And also, he was fearful. Everything that we imagine that Paul was looking at John Mark and saying he's not suitable. But God gave Timothy to also train Paul. Because you can imagine, Paul was a sergeant major. Do this, do that. If you don't do it, um, you're out. Barnabas was more of a caring person, an encouraging person, say, look, um, uh, we, I, I can see potential in him. Paul is saying, I don't want potential. I want, I want someone who can do it now. Now, now, now. So what does God give him? Timothy. Timothy. Now, what Paul could see in Timothy was the Spirit of God in him. But in order to bring out this, this what's in him, he now had to say, hey, my gosh. I thought, I thought John Mark was bad. Even at one point he said, at one point he said, he said to Timothy, uh, don't, drink, uh, don't drink water, but drink a bit of wine for your stomach's sake because you're constantly ill. I'm a man of God, I'm laying hands on you, but my gosh, this is, this is, this is more than laying hands. Paul had to be corrected. Even the great Paul. But imagine how Mark felt. The great apostle, the great man of God had rejected you to say, you're useless. I don't want you anywhere near my ministry. So he's going off with Barnabas. But when man, even the great Paul rejects you, and God hasn't rejected you, you will see what God can do. So no matter who tells you that you're useless, you can't do this, you can't do that, maybe you haven't gone through the training yet. The person that you are now isn't going to be the person after you've gone through the training. Now God knows what he can make of you. Man can only see what you are now. Few can see the potential who you can be. But I want you to know this John Mark, what God did for him. Now, first of all, we can tell that God had been training Paul because if you look at 2 Timothy verse 4, 11. Now, what's happened here, Paul is writing to Timothy and he's saying all the people who have rejected him. 
Ah, since you're there, can you go up to, say, uh, uh, verse, verse 10? Right. Demas has deserted me because he loved the present world and has gone to Thessalonica. Cezan uh, has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalamata. Uh, only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. Did you hear that? Bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. Praise God. Now he sees, now that Mark is now doing something, he says, hey, this Mark, who I, who I discarded maybe a year or two, uh, no, uh, 10 years ago, whatever, I can see now. He can do something for me in the ministry. That's because you rejected him, but God had plans for him. So now the great Paul is humble enough to say, I made a mistake. He didn't say, hmm, I'll never, hmm, that's for Mark. <laughs> Bring anybody else except him. He recognizes he made a mistake. He, when he was young, he perhaps wasn't, wasn't useful to him, but didn't see the potential. But God made sure that he gave him a Timothy to say, it isn't what people are now, it is what you can make of them. So give them a chance. Give them a chance. Let them develop. I have, the, I, have the, I have the skill and grace to bring out what you regard as rubbish, to bring them into something that you can never imagine. And I will say that to you now. Do not underestimate what God can use you. You young people, I'm saying, I, 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 I can't touch another thing, but I'm saying that God will exalt you in places you cannot imagine. And the reason why isn't just to puff up your pride. is because there are people who are in the, as, as God makes you a CEO, as God makes you a, a research scientist, professor, etc. It's because he has CEOs, he has professors, he has uh, uh, computer engineers that he needs you to go there in order to rescue them. God will engineer you to be places that you cannot imagine because he has people he needs you to rescue. And that is part of your training. To understand that in every opportunity, God is exalting you, placing you because he has people in which he wants you to rescue. It's like the prodigal son. The prodigal son in Luke 15 we know the story, but in that story, it was the prodigal son that came to his senses. In these times, God is sending us out to find the prodigal son, to tell them so that they can come to their senses. That's the difference. The prodigal son came to his senses by himself. In these days, the Holy Spirit is sending us to find the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters and speak to them the love of God so that they can come to their senses so we can then bring them back to the Father and the Father can celebrate over their lives. And just to show you how far God has taken John Mark. John Mark, you know, Matthew, Mark. John Mark wrote the Gospel of Mark. 
Okay? Can you imagine that? Wherever this gospel is being preached, John Mark is the one that God used to actually preach the gospel. And his gospel was for the Greeks. That's why you, you can always tell when it's quoted from Mark, you'll find the word immediately. Immediately. Straight away. Because they, no, no, the John Mark was written for the Romans, sorry. The, uh, John Mark's gospel was written for the Romans. The Romans weren't into all this nonsense and uh, who begat whatever. They were action people. They would just say, what happened next? What happened next? So John Mark's gospel is always immediately and suddenly and, and, and what have you. This is the John Mark that Paul thought he would not have anywhere his ministry because he didn't have anything. But even Paul, after God had trained him, God, God gave Paul Timothy to say, no, 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 no. You do not reject my people because you can't see at this moment in time the value. John Mark also became, established a church in Alexandria in Egypt. John Mark was used mightily through God. So let nobody reject you. Let nobody judge you as you are now. See what you're going to be like after the boot camp, after God is taking you through training. Who you are today, the person we're going to know later on will say, wow, is that really, is that really that person? Because once God has planned, he will exalt you places. It's not just in the Old Testament we talk about Daniels, the Josephs, the, the, all those people. God has a plan for you. But he needs to know that, are you willing to learn? Are you willing to, to accept his teaching? If you are, there is nothing, nothing and no place that God cannot place you. Let us just pray. Father God, help us. As you begin to show us that you are capable of changing us, transforming us. You have a plan. Lord, let us submit ourselves to your plan. Let us understand that sometimes hardship is in order that we grow. Lord Jesus, forgive us when we are, are, are Lord, we do cry. When it hurts, we, you say we should cry out. But Lord, we, we have to trust you. Lord, we have to trust you that you are able to do what we cannot imagine or think. But Lord, also let us not be people who are judging people based upon what we think. But let us see the image of God in that person. And let the image of God begin to make us see how we will treat that person. Because the image of God is there to, to be expanded. To give the ch person a chance to be all you want them to be. Help us, Jesus. And we, Lord, let us not give up. Because what you placed in us, what you planted in us, when you water, when you train, even we will be astonished how you've used us. 
I give you glory. I give you praise in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.